Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. It's Erica Tamposi! Hey, hey, what's Welcome. up? What up? Did I mispronounce your last name? What, how, no. How, how'd we do? Okay. Yeah, no, Tamposi it is. That's great. Oh, there it is. Crushed uh, it. Where, where, yeah, where are you coming to us from? I'm in LA. Okay. How about you guys? Same. Same. Wow. Yeah. That's Look at cool. us. Home of the NFL champs. Yeah, oh, the Rams. Right? I mean, <laughs> that the city could care less about. <laughs> they they opened up a store at the Grove that's like Rams championship gear, and I did see somebody walking out fully uh, kitted up, rammed up. So, yeah, nice. Who's your so, guys' teams? I if uh... I had to pick one, it was it, it's probably the Raiders because when they were in LA, that's I had the most familial connection to them. But mm. I, over the, and then I think and then in the '90s, I was always like a Niners or Cowboys fan because of Dion and such. Yeah. yeah. I was sense. a Pats fan. Still am ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like from back in the <laughs> Bledsoe days. And I don't know. There, It's tough. It's I'm tough from New England. To... So I'm a diehard uh, mass hole okay, living in LA. Go. So and is, are the Pats your team? They are. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yeah. What part of Massachusetts are you from? Well, technically New Hampshire, but I'm like 45 minutes outside of Boston. But that's my favorite part of Massachusetts, actually. Right? That you don't live there. (laughs) (laughs) It's just outside of New Hampshire. You know, it's a great place. So you guys know Boston. You're familiar with Boston, yes. You're actually going to go outside of Boston (laughs) and actually leave the state, and then that's where I'm from. (laughs) Yeah. Is there something like? Did you used to be able to get booze up there, like at a younger age, or was I? I, I remember I driving back, up there once when I lived in Massachusetts. As a yeah, teenager. the main thing with New Hampshire is no sales tax. So people from Massachusetts, like I went to UNH and Ivy School. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. Oh yeah, and the University <laughs> of New Hampshire. We, there's a lot of kids from from Mass because it's it's short driving distance. I mean, you can get right. from L.A. to Culver City in a slower amount of time than you can from. <laughs> we're talking super L.A. and New Hampshire specific guys. <laughs> yeah. So if you're anywhere else, like just, that just tune out. Yeah. Shout out to you, yeah. <laughs> but it's just so close. But people would come up to New Hampshire to buy booze because then it's cheaper. I was God, a notorious yeah. tax dodge when I was yeah. a 17 year old. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Got to get New Hampshire, man. <laughs> Uh, I I really truly can't remember why we did that. Maybe it was because it was just cheaper, and my friends were like trying to shave an edge. But anyways, maybe you had to go look at the old man on the mountain, shed a yeah. tear. R.I.P. Oh, beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, poor, poor. Yeah, I did. Man. I, my fourth grade state report was on New Hampshire. I don't know wow. why I picked New Hampshire. I was just like, nah, man. People were going for like states you heard of. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like ten nine. I'm like New Hampshire. Yeah. Huh. yeah. When the old man on the mountain fell, it was right. like, it was heartbreaking for the state. We got to find was, another thing, guys. Was, was, was that what everybody in New Hampshire said? They're like, ah, we got to find a different. They're like, oh, what now? <laughs> yeah. And for people who don't know, would you mind explaining what the old man on the mountain is? Yeah. So it was um, this really, really intricate just rock on the side of the highway <laughs> um, that looked like an old man. It sort of had like an Abe Lincoln nose and from the side profile was like the old man. So people would be like, hey, you're going to New Hampshire, the old man on the mountain. And yeah. then the rock, you know, as rocks do after years, fell <laughs> off the mountain. And so the rock, uh, not Dwayne Johnson, but the old man on the mountain, the rock has, has I perished. was so confused until right now. I figured. I, <laughs> oh I had to God. give some context. <laughs> uh, okay. So not Dwayne Johnson. Cool. What is something from your search history? Something from my search history. <laughs> this is something I searched last night. Euphoria plot synopsis. <laughs> okay. Was I, it a confusing plot or you just like wanted to get spoilers I, out of the way? I don't watch Euphoria. <laughs> <laughs> but every every Sunday without fail, um, everything I see on social media just turns into references about this show that I truly know nothing about right and last night i i broke down and i finally googled euphoria plot synopsis i'm not gonna watch the show but uh yeah i do like to know what's going on 
It feels like one of those tweets that people do where it's like, all right, I'll bite. What's euphoria? You know? Oh yeah, I, I did that. I did that. Whatever, whenever the episode about the play, I tweeted, "Okay, I'll bite." What's what's a play? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I I I saw the first season, and then I haven't seen. I think I've only saw the, like the first half of the first episode of this season. But yeah, the discourse around it on Twitter, I'm always like, huh? Hey, yeah. It doesn't seem like a very good show. I just want to like say that. I mean. It right. seems like you have all these like teens running around doing like crazy shit, like with no consequence. Like, I just want to say for the record, I think that's very like bad, unhealthy television. Um, if you do want to watch much like Succession, I'm going to get a lot of people coming for me for this. But um, yeah, two shows, I think, that just show shitty people doing shitty things with zero consequence. I think that's really dangerous for society and for, you know, what where things are going. I think it's fine to make shows about shitty people doing shitty things but it needs to be done in a responsible manner if you want to watch a show like that i really recommend dope sick mm. dope sick All yeah right. michael keaton just won did he not i, I have no idea wait what was the thing he just won for <laughs> that was a film michael what's michael michael keaton i swear he just won a sag award for something it might what be he it? plays a doctor that gets addicted to yeah Oxycontin. yeah for dope sick yeah he yeah. just won a sag award yeah, it's interesting. Like, okay, did you ever watch The Sopranos? I did not. I did not like that show. I tried. Okay, is that also because you feel like it's a mo- thing about shitty people? I, like I evil- just thought it was really boring. Whoa. <laughs> interesting. Okay. Because um, I'm trying to find, like, you know, what, like, what, like, sort of triangulate where we are. Because I get, like, Succession, I think when most people who watch it, they go, why Why am I picking an evil person to get behind? Or, like, right. that's sort of, like, I think the sensation that people have when they watch it. But I get that, yeah, like the consequences just seem like the DOJ is going to back off. And you're like, oh, (laughs) what? Okay, so they continue to do it. And I don't know if their aim is like, we get to show people how this shit really works. But on the other side of that, you do see people who completely miss the point. They're like, dude, be so sick to be like Roman. And you're like, no, it wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I watched two episodes of Euphoria and then bailed. but. The have followed the development of the show, like para, so, like just via social media. And like, this is a first for me where like a big twist that happened in last night's episode, like made me feel something. I was like, ah, oh, shit. That's like another show that I really enjoy, but I have a lot of guilt about is like Snowfall, where it's just like violence, violence, violence. You see black people killing each other like pretty much nonstop for an hour. And it's just like, okay, what's the point of this? Like, what are we learning here? Yeah. I saw an article that was like they they tried to say that euphoria had like uh, actually contributed to an uptick of like young people trying to address their substance abuse. But that was like that felt like one of those things that like the producers or the network network gets like <laughs> something to be published and be like, I don't know. I mean, that's uh, that's the other cool part of it. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it definitely made drugs and the first couple episodes made drugs look fun to me as like a, <laughs> like a, just trying to think through the through the mind of like me when I was in high school. Like it was like I was I thought it was amazing if you could like score some beer for the weekend and they're just like alcohol is a given and then they're all doing like all these creative like multicolored amazing drugs that make amazing special effects happen and make (laughs) things all sparkly i was like whoa i think that would have been hard for me to watch and not want to do every drug i could get my hand on because yeah i feel like train spotting didn't quite be like yo man i gotta try heroin (laughs) yeah you know, just made like me that. try and swim in the toilet, but I right. never tried heroin. And I think yeah. half baked was like the one thing when I was like, well, this weed shit. <laughs> now, this <laughs> weed thing, on the oh, other oh, hand. No. Yeah. What is something you think is overrated, Becca? Oh my gosh. Okay. Controversial, but also a quick thing. I, it's like I have a lot of hot takes, but I don't know why I was so stumped coming up with an overrated, but I'm going to put it out there. Bars. Mm-hmm. I think bars are overrated, especially. Post-COVID, you know, I don't want to be crammed up in a room with a bunch of people I don't know breathing their air to drink $20 cocktails. Why? You know, (laughs) I don't like to drink that much. I really just enjoy intimate friend time. And I would rather have like eight people over sharing some like snacks and 
bottles of wine. My friend Viv always loves the host. She always has people over. Like every other weekend, I swear I go over there and we all just like hang out. We drink wine. We have snacks. And it's like such a lovely time. And I, we, well, Viv is quite a host. So she will like either get stuff from like the Chinese market. We'll have like a hot pot day one day we did. You know, usually just like some cheeses, some meats, popcorn. Are the bars, what's the bar situation in New York now? Is it fully back to mask off, do your thing? We're back since 2019? I mean, I know that technically the policy is that you don't need vaccine cards anymore to get into places, but I still haven't, like, every time I've gone, I've still had to, like, use my vaccine card. So they're still, like, requiring it most places because it is, like, up to you, but, like, legally they don't have to anymore. A lot of them are still requiring vaccine cards, but it's just, like, New York's a small place, or I mean, it's a big place, but like the the spacing is you're small. You're on top of each so other. Yeah, you're on yeah. top of each other. So it was just like, what's the point in like just like going? Yeah, we're all vaccinated, but we're all like the second we get in, masks off or drinking. Like we're on top of each other. It's like hot and sweaty, and then it's cold outside. And <laughs> I just like don't. I'd rather just stay at home and hang. And you can't hear anybody. Everyone's yelling. Sometimes the music is bad. I understand the allure of an outdoor bar experience in the summer. Like that's a part of summer. Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I'm good. I don't really even well, if like it's cold. It... We haven't like we don't have a good. I mean, it's not that it gets cold in L.A., but I get like in the winters in New York, it's cold, and you're like, how how can you even arrive at a thing that you can do outdoors? Yeah. in the cold, it's just not. Well, and also just like traveling outside in the cold like that, because it's like okay, like I have to take the train into the city or take the train in Brooklyn to go to Williamsburg or the bus or whatever. And then I got to like arrive with my coat and then it's warm in there because it's cold outside. So they have the heat on in there and I'm taking you. everything off. Whereas I could just mm-hmm. go to my friend's house and <laughs> like the food is better. My friends have exactly. great wine selections. The wine is better. Put your coat on their bed instead of like have it dragging and like. No, we got really weird, nice coat like... racks. Okay. We've invested oh, in nice shit. coat racks. Okay. All right. And... I was I was going back to my time in New York when <laughs> my friend's furniture was like a box spring (laughs) a (laughs) mattress and uh you know the box that they brought some of their shit in with just overturned side table yeah side (laughs) yeah i mean the the music is really crucial to me i feel like that was the difference for me between a place i would like to be and a place that like yeah like the the outdoor setting like one of the key components of that is that there's not music like blaring and like there's a there's a piece of received wisdom in the bar and like spirits and restaurant community that like if you play loud music people drink more they drink faster which makes sense because there's not like you don't get distracted by conversation i guess or it's like the thing to do or it makes you feel like you're at a dance right like and you're back as a teenager and you're awkward but you have alcohol now and right. it's pump you're like, yeah, man, hold on. Let me just down this whole fucking drink so I can say one sentence to you, which is damn, it's loud in here, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a first date at a bar is never a good choice. Like you just oh, like no. you can't really hear them and you're like, okay, well, I guess it's like you can bump it to the music a little bit, but right. usually you're like sitting down and it's just it's just weird. Also, it's... we have like you know, there's like kinds of bars too, like in LA and New York, there's there's like bars that are just full on scenes, right? Like, you know, yeah. it's a scene, you know what the scene is at that bar. It's a very specific way of getting down or way people dress, et cetera. And then my favorite is like the mo- just a diverse neighborhood bar where you're like, bro, it looks like everybody who lives around here just comes in here to like have a drink. That right. energy is much more, I feel like, in welcoming than the kind when it's like, you know, hype beast city and everybody's like, yeah. And a lot of the Manhattan bars are the scene. And then a lot of the Brooklyn bars are like, oh, we all just hang out. And I like it. But I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm spending like 80 bucks to drink, what, three, four glasses of wine when I can like buy a $14 bottle of wine at home. There you go. And Mm. an $8 block of cheese. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I think more bars should try, blaring podcasts, specifically this (laughs) podcast (laughs) in their bar. Let the people know. You could just do a great a compilation on, of all the AKAs. I mean, I'm sure that yeah. <laughs> the one that the smooth criminal one I just did is going to hit the charts at some point. 
Totally. Won't get hit with a cease and desist or not. <laughs> what is something, Allison, you think is underrated? I think I'm already worried that I'm not going to articulate this as well as I'm uh, imagining it in my head. But I think that kindness and stating something in a kind, gentle, direct way is underrated. I feel like, and this might be a social media thing, but I feel like there's this premium placed on boundaries right now, which I agree with. Like, it's really good to have healthy boundaries. That is something I struggle with. And I think a lot of, just to make a gross generalization, uh, a lot of women for sure struggle with boundaries. But I think that there's such a premium placed on boundaries that at least in social media, the way that it's discussed it's like, here's what actual boundaries look like. And then they'll list these boundaries that to me, it comes off so harsh. And I actually made note of them. You, like, you don't get to tell me how I feel. That wasn't funny. It was offensive. If I want your advice, I'll ask. You don't get to comment on what I eat. All of which I agree with the sentiment of them. But I do. And if you're dealing with an asshole, fine. You know, that's great. Say something that that's that direct. I just think... With each of them, there is a way to say it that is a little bit gentler. I think that in real life, most people aren't trying to be awful. Most We could give people the benefit of the doubt. Most people are just kind of bumbling about and they don't really mean to do so much harm. So I feel like in the um, service of self-care, sometimes we're actually being pretty mean to people. Or So I think... What we, we might be losing speaking in, I say, yes, let's speak in a direct manner, but let's also try to be kind. Let's not. Yeah, kind, gentle, direct. Yeah, but but we can't throw out the direct part. Like, Sh right. we, we shouldn't go so far to be kind that we're not saying what we mean, because I know mm. that I can definitely do that. I can, like, just. Yeah. Ooh, it's a fine yeah. line. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. There's something to be said for, like, how am I communicating my needs to this person? Right. Am I communicating it in a way that they feel they can come back to me again? Right. Yeah. And like have and like still do this conversation or am I shutting a door? Sometimes I mean to shut that door. Um, yeah. but not always. You know, sometimes, you know, I agree with you. For the most part, I think everyone's just doing their best and, mm -hmm. and trying to be helpful and supportive and, and get through their day. And there's definitely ways we can have conversations. But yeah, directness is a challenge. Yeah. Well, right. I'm bad with boundaries. And one of the things that I find now that I have discovered boundaries are a thing and that I need to communicate them to other people, my own boundaries to other people. As someone who is just learning how to do that, I will do a bad job of it, get let the like, you know, idea of like, I got to set this boundary, mm -hmm. like build up inside and Same. then have a tendency to do just the worst job of communicating oh, no. that. And and then like as you get better, as I've gotten slightly better at doing it, it's I found that like I, I think I had my mind like boundary as like a single a singular like you just stepped on the line dude and now you're <laughs> fucked and it's more like uh, being good at communicating it like in a lot of ways over over time mm -hmm. which is a lot of work mm -hmm. but i think it's something you can practice and like get better at but right and and, yeah. and maybe for people who have trouble communicating them that sort of overcorrection is necessary at the beginning. Yeah, I think kindness, yeah. kind being like kind, gentle boundary setting is for people who are good at setting boundaries, and it's yeah. like something to aspire to. Right. But definitely, you know, right. set the boundary instead of not. Yeah, that's why I say I think that in a way I might be directing this more at social media than at real life. Because mm. it's these TikToks and these, you know, things on Instagram that I find myself looking at where I get frustrated because it like, you know, just tons of th of things online where it's like, here's what actual boundaries look like. And I read it and it just it, it it's like this come, is coming off so unnecessarily harsh to me. And again, yeah. that might be a me thing. Yeah, I think it's I think it's an every everyone thing. Mm -hmm. But. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the news. Woo! And we're back. 
And Fox News' worst enemy right now is their own foreign correspondent. Yeah. They're, <laughs> so the last week, I mean, Fox has been just like a trove of just, you know, just some of the, the weirdest shit that you've ever heard, whether it's like just parroting Kremlin talking points or just things that are like so uh, in, like uh, intellectually bankrupt that you even have trouble like following what the thread even is, aside from just like it ends with like, and that's why Biden is worse than Trump. It's, th- there's just been all kinds of stuff. And, you know, sadly, when some of the hosts want to go into like the spin zone, they tend to encounter Jennifer uh, Griffin, who's one of their like veteran foreign correspondents, I guess, like with national security and, you know, started her career in Russia. Whenever she's been on in the last couple of days, she's almost every time been like, uh, yeah, the last person just said something I can't believe was just said out loud or like or even checking the host be like, no, 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 that's not actually true. What you're talking about that, like, you know, really trying to make sure that there's not a ton of like yeah, misinformation, disinformation getting put out there to the viewers. And on Sunday, she was on, you know, Trey Gowdy, Mr. Benghazi on his show. He was speaking with retired army, a, ret- a retired army colonel and former Trump military advisor who was essentially saying, just let Putin do his thing, man. He wanted to take Ukraine for like ever. So just let him do whatever he wants. Like there's really no point in like getting involved in this. I'll play this for you. And Gowdy uh, doesn't really have much to say in response to this. But let me just play this clip for you. I think we need to stay out of it. The American people think we should stay out of it. The Europeans think we should stay out of it. And we should stop shipping weapons and encouraging Ukrainians to die in what is a hopeless endeavor. So when you say stay out of it, you mean no sanctions, no military aid, just let Russia take the portion of Ukraine they want to take. Yes, absolutely. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, Trey Gowdy's <laughs> like, okay, sit idly by while more innocent people are needlessly killed and let Vladimir Putin just do as he pleases. And the guy's like, yes. So then, once that segment ends and, like, the, you know, the viewers have been subjected to almost five minutes of this, you know, uh, like Putin apologist kind of stuff, Jennifer Griffin comes on and she just has to, she starts off by saying, like, hold on. I actually need I would need more than 10 minutes to even go through everything, why everything that guy said was wrong. But I'll give you the start of it just so you can understand her sort of like conviction to clearing up what that other uh, loser just said. (laughs) 10 minutes is enough time to do so, because there were so many distortions in what he just said and talking (laughs) about the West and NATO vilifying Putin and sounding like an apologist for Putin and talking about how he thinks he knows how far Putin wants to go. I don't think anyone that I've spoken to uh, here at the Pentagon or elsewhere in uh, Western intelligence believes they know how far Putin wants to go. And I think that the world has seen what Putin is capable of. And to blame uh, NATO members membership for what we've seen Putin unleash. We've seen from Putin's own words that he is talking in czarist terms from a 18th, a 19th century view of uh, empirical, Im- imperial Russia. So those, uh, what he just said was so distorted that I do feel that our audience needs to know the truth. In terms of Putin, I've known. So, you know, she goes on to say, and here's why I'm an authority on what, like all of this, by the end of it, Trey Gowdy complete just I don't know he's like I agree with you which is the weirdest thing because a second ago he did not push back at all with that last guest but let's just hear Trey Gowdy at the end of her like impassioned rebuttal to uh, that retired colonel yeah Jennifer it takes a lot to surprise me Uh, at my age I was pretty surprised at Colonel McGregor I mean his his view of life is well Russia's been telling you they're going to do this Uh, so they did it um, I, I, I found his take on it uh, stunning uh, and disappointing. Uh, Marco Rubio and others. Okay, my man, you've just <laughs> been anti, you've been Mr. Anti-Sanctions. We need to stay out of it the last couple of weeks. And now that somebody with, a, with some know-how and intelligence is pressing you, you just capitulate like, oh, yeah. Has he been, ha- he's been on that side of things because... I, my my main issue was him saying he was stunned and surprised when during that guy's like 
long tirade about how we should just step step back and let Putin do whatever he wants. I was going to ask if it if they had replaced him with a photograph of him because he just like didn't move. He was just like completely still and with a like dumb smile on his face. So it seemed I, he he expresses shock in a very in a very strange way. Yeah, by nodding his head and being like, yep, that part, that part. Uh I mean, Uh, uh before he's like, I don't even know how good sanctions are going to be. And I mean, that's valid if you're going to actually really take it to the point of like, what does that mean for, you know, uh, real estate investments in places like New York, Miami, London? Like, is are will the sanctions go that far? In which case, is it enough? But he's just kind of been the whole time like, eh, I don't know, you know, it's, I'll just kind of go with whatever the person in front of me is saying, uh, because that's. What <laughs> and we frankly, he was lucky we were on TV because I would have kicked his ass <laughs> the, the way he was talking that shit. Uh, you know, oh my you could, God. I, I think our viewers could see it. I was I was <laughs> fucking heated, man. Over Couldn't here. believe it. <laughs> anyway, he uh, is so strange looking, by the way. Because he can't decide on what like fash haircut he wants like every ten <laughs> minutes. It's always changing in the weirdest ways. It's like he's really giving off like strong Paul Rubens in the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie vibes to me. He wow. looks to me like that, uh, like the referee for the Hunger Game movies, the host. Yes, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. he needs some funny facial hair. He needs to like get some sideburns that like connect on top of his nose or whatever the fuck they were rocking back. But you know, this is, this is all just kind of part of watching like what Democrats and Republicans in this country, like how they're kind of feeling like with what's happening, you know, for the longest time, Republicans have just been like Trump, like apologists for the way, how accommodating he was with, with Vladimir Putin and, or even like how he handled like Ukraine's past requests for, you know, defensive weapons. And, They just continue to, you know, sort of double down on this or at times make it about the culture war. This guy, uh, Congressperson Clay Higgins, has tweeted like the most nonsense shit a couple of days ago about about what's happening in Ukraine. And this is what he tweeted. This is, again, shouldn't shock you that this is a this is going to be a direct quote. And you won't believe it's a direct quote as Miles reads it, because it it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It's like a Mad Lib, but like mixed with, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like you, you feel like you're on drugs. Listen, hey, to this take shit. off your Nintendo glasses for a second and listen up. <laughs> this is from him. What? Quote, you millennial leftists who never lived one day under nuclear threat can now reflect upon your woke sky. <laughs> you made you made a quite you made quite a non binary fuss to save the world from intercontinental ballistic tweets. What? I, I, I this think is what he's... you write when you take euphoria drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If the parent, there's only one parent or two parents in the whole show, but if if that parent took the drugs and then tried to <laughs> fit in, do a hey hey, hey fellow kids. Yeah, that's with your woke like. sky. Um, again, this is his really bizarro old boomer energy wrapped up in basically Trump would have prevented this. Upon your woke sky. That's yeah. the... I live under the woke sky. I'm going to start saying that now. Yeah. It's pretty... I live under the woke sky yeah. where Sky Daddy lives. Isn't that what someone yeah. called God? <laughs> sky Daddy. <laughs> sky Zaddy. Quite a non-binary fuss to save the world from... Like, I'm trying to, like, pull out the buzzwords to see... But, like, it, even then, it doesn't make sense. What Threat starts off can by now saying, reflect hey, upon your sky? Like, I... I <laughs> I could rem I could remember like when the Soviet Union fell. Like I was old enough. I can I well, have a concept. Miles, we're of elderly that. millennials. I know, yeah. but geriatric. Still, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. We are. I'm a geriatric millennial through and through. But I'm like, sir. Yeah. I not to say that I I've I've lived under the threat of nuclear war or something like that. But to act as if there's no context or lived experience looking at things. Granted, I may have been a child. That's ridiculous. But also. This the second part is the whole thing is that it's it's going after the like the idea of people being more inclusive. That's why it's a non-binary fuss to save the world from Trump, which is the intercontinental ballistic tweets or whatever. Save the world from oh, okay. So you've put I don't even know that he has it that locked in, to be honest with you. Like that the <laughs> 
because your woke sky doesn't really make sense, right? Is the sky like alluding to the missiles that will I come think so. from the sky? Now reflect upon your woke sky. That we avoided war. So because we've there's been minimal peace that the sky is woke. Because also right. I feel like anyone who remembers anything after nine eleven is probably remembered right. a consistent stream of warfare and that's what i was strife. gonna say i didn't live under like the cold war but i definitely remember the post 9-11 yeah. hawkishness that ran through the country do you remember those promotions on the disney channel where they were like yes. i love america because patriotism is cool that was wild right hi yeah i'm hannah <laughs> montana and i love scud missiles okay all right, let's uh let's move on to some news. Mm-hmm. Let's talk some John Bolton. Always always good to catch up with this guy. He's just got good energy, good vibes. <laughs> but he's they had him on what's that Newsmax? Yeah. And he he wasn't having it. He did, he's well, not on board with the Newsmax pro Trump like bullshit. It's it's like they don't know who John Bolton is like as it relates to Trump. I mean, he him leaving the White House, it was clear he was like did not like Donald Trump. Now, was he going to go as far to like actually do the right thing about something? Well, no, not really. But uh, he'll do the right thing to get a book deal to like, you know, because that seems to be the path for most people exiting that administration. But his relationship with Trump wasn't positive. So that's why I was like, this is an interesting choice to have on Newsmax. You want to have someone who's from like the national security warmonger set to come on your show to talk about what's happening in Ukraine. And they're like, the whole spin coming from right wing news is essentially that, you know, this narrative that, you know, when Trump was in power, none of this shit was happening. But then the second Biden gets in, now Putin thinks he's a tough guy because, you know, Trump had him shook and see Trump was actually a strong guy and keeping us safe. Not with this Biden guy. He's all over the place, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So that's like kind of the the, the way they want their like uh, viewers to kind of take in what's happening is that Trump could have prevented this by coddling. Putin more. But anyway, they had John Bolton on to say those kinds of words in front of him. And let's just say he very much was like in one of those few moments, like, let me tell you what really happened when I was there. So take it away, you Muppet looking warmonger. It was pretty tough on Russia in a lot of ways, forcing NATO members to pay up, as we know, sanctioning Nord Stream 2. Um, oligarchs close to Putin were sanctioned, selling anti-tank weapons to Ukraine, so arming Ukraine, um, withdrawing from the INF Treaty and expelling Russian officers from this country as well. Uh, he looked at, in 2018, he looked NATO members in the eye uh, and, and talked about the reliance on Russian energy by Europe and how horrible that was. I mean, he took a very tough stance against Russia. I'm surprised you don't think that he would have handled no, this better didn't. than Joe Biden. No, he, he, he did not. He did not. How did we he didn't not? sanction Nord Stream 2. We, did, we <laughs> didn't sanction Nord Stream 2. We should have. We should have brought the project to an end. Uh, we did impose sanctions on Russian oligarchs and, and several others because of their sales of S-400 uh, anti-aircraft systems to other countries. But in almost every case, the sanctions were imposed with Trump uh, uh, complaining about it and saying we were being too hard. Uh, the fact is that uh, he barely knew where Ukraine was. He once asked John Kelly, his second chief of staff, <laughs> if Finland were a part of Russia. Uh, it's just not accurate to say that Trump's behavior somehow uh, deterred the Russians. I, I... <laughs> so it's just like, what the fuck is, what, where am I? That's I, I, I also don't, how are they just pretending that he didn't almost positively collude with Russia to win the election? Like, tough on Russia? Like, like maybe tough when you were just, like, like jacking him off, maybe? Like, I, I, right, I don't, right. like... How are we just use lotion that one time you jacked him off? I know, but like, why wouldn't they at least spin the narrative of like he, you know, oh, they were friends and he was sucking up to him, and so this wouldn't have happened. It's just like tough on him. It's it's just such a wild. Also, yeah, very sad. We have to reference Newsmax as if it's a real news organization. Yeah, I mean, when you think of how many people began to shift away from Fox News when they tried to say things like, you know, maybe Donald Trump lost that election, people like, ah, fuck this. 
Shit, we got to go to CarMax, but for news. Where, <laughs> who else can we listen to? Give I'm me the at, news facts. I'm looking at some uh, RAV4 hybrids that say Trump is pretty sexy. <laughs> and the president. So I like this. Car, and, I like still this the pre- and still the president who's handling Russia well. <laughs> yeah. it's. I, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, obviously they have to project uh, and always say whatever's happening is the opposite, even in the face of just the most, you know, damning evidence or despite reality. So, yeah, I think because for them, they're like, this is the only thing we can really run with. We can't run with could Trump have done more because that's not a thing anyone is going to say on these networks. It's always yeah. like he did everything. He was perfect. And the only reason this is happening is because Trump's not president. OK, the right. reason why that uh, climate change report that just came out that said that we're in a really dark spot with it. That also that wouldn't have come out if Trump was president also. Mm. And the Lakers would be in the playoffs if uh, Trump was also. <laughs> and your your wife, she wouldn't have left you if Trump yeah. was still. president. So you're right. <laughs> I like this channel. I like this channel. She would have been like, you were right about QAnon and you guys would still be together. Yeah. <laughs> that, those bullet points were very light. And one of them just wasn't true. <laughs> like that, right. That's, uh, I I have not tuned into Newsmax in a while, but I hadn't fully appreciated how much it now just resembles like Russian state sponsored TV. Like that's just straight up. Oh, yeah. Them yeah. and OAN, they have like the and also they have the worst production quality. I was going to say, like, why like, can't they get better logos? Like I need a logo that's not out of focus. Right. Like if I'm going to really sink into these issues. Oh, it's not out of focus. We just don't know about creating graphics at higher resolutions. <laughs> so we use thumbnails for everything. So they, right. they're all distorted when we put them on big TVs. The other thing is like they, uh, so many graphic artists like I've seen like posts of people just slamming just like how they even set up like the graphics on the thing where, you know, Traditional news, even Fox News, a graphic will come up like in the upper corner and like other graphics will like animate to move out of the way to be like. And then our next story, oh boy, which is oh like boy. there on Newsmax, and OAN, like literally just see like a JPEG, like of like violently just be like, Poof! and then this is <laughs> happening. And then like layer another one on huh? top and you're like no one gives a fuck. In I, that I also like I don't I, I, you know, sometimes we go into these like Republican versus Democrat and we're talking about the issues. We're talking about voting rights. We're talking about climate change. But like, I think our new angle should just be like, all right, look at their graphics. Look at ours. Look at their comedians. Look at ours. (laughs) Listen to their music. Like, like, let's stop fighting on moral issues. Let's stop fighting on what matters. Like, let's let's get in on stuff people can relate to and be like, is this really is this really your party? Right. Just, yeah, really go like the marketing seem like it's actually like really like the saddest thing you could do. Chelsea, you're going to be saying that until Ben Shapiro takes over Hollywood, which he's in the process of doing. Okay. So I think you should actually. Uh, here's a, and now, but here's what I said. I said. I said graphics, music and comedians. Now, when it comes to podcasts, right, they're, they're putting us in the fucking dust. Oh, I mean, yeah. the red, like they hold the top 15 position and uh, like 15 of 15 people who I don't even know their names are like the number one podcast host right. in the world. No, they're crushing us. Um, so if if you guys could move to 24 hours a day, I'd really appreciate it. We need you. <laughs> We've been Bonginoed, and uh, we, oh, yeah. we there's nothing we can do about it. Fully Bonginoed. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, I don't. It's also he like to claim that he would be doing something. He's not in power right now, and he's not willing to criticize Putin. <laughs> like, he's he's still, <laughs> like... Yeah. So, like, we kind of have an idea of what this would look like if he was still in power. It would just be that Putin had even less resistance. And there... He, yeah. he actually did say... He came out earlier today, and, and I, or on Wednesday, he did actually have a comment that was telling Russia to stop. He said uh, that he called the invasion a holocaust. Hmm. They but really does he know love to use that word for almost yeah, anything. anything. <laughs> right. I mean, with the vaccines, it's a total holocaust right now, making people <laughs> the mandates. And you're like, oh, hold on. You use that word for actually anything. Now. Anything. Right. Anything. It's it's really gotten like a holocaust is it's a it's really odd to be able to take the meaning out of that word. And I think they're getting close. Right. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like anything that sucks. He's like, and then I get my order from McDonald's. I open the bag. They forgot the quarter pounder. Total Holocaust. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what? I love that you oh do that God. in Trump voice, too. It's 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're like, it, it is? But he did say he wanted, he told them to stop killing these people. So he, for, he, I think 
someone got that's in his nice. ear and be like, I'm sure that'll hey, work. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, that's a good strategy. <laughs> it does seem like the new strategy, which has been Russia's strategy, but the new strategy in Ukraine for the past like week now has been just war crimes. It's just like bombing hospitals and schools, which I don't know, like in terms of repercussions, like probably nothing is going to happen because it seems more and more clear that China like has his back. Like the uh, Rolling Stone, like did a digest of Chinese propaganda on social media. And it's like basically just mimicking what Russian state sponsored TV was doing a week right. ago. So that I feel like really. Well, their bots sucks. went from like, man, these are like the sickest Olympics I've ever seen in my life. And then suddenly that account is like NATO aggression and blah, blah, blah. like, whoa. I on February were... 22nd, one of their like more sophisticated Twitter bot uh, or whatever, probably a person who they pay pay well to do this, shared a video about the Olympics. Happy moments come and go, but memories stay. And then abruptly switches its focus to just saying that Ukraine is like actually friends with Russia and this is all the U.S.'s fault. So, yeah, they, it it seems pretty clear like what what side they're on and it's just going to be it's it's scary it's a scary future i feel like it's it's also like very similar to the climate change strategy where china's like it's you and we're like no it's you and like and Mm -hmm. and then um and then people just die in the meantime right you know like it's it's it turns out it's all of us but mm -hmm. that's not helpful to well actually turns out it's mostly the u.s Right. <laughs> yeah, like statistically the like China can China will never produce the amount of CO2 that um not CO2 that the US has. Like the US has like produced so much of climate change like no one will ever catch up to us even though their numbers are currently higher than ours. I don't want to pivot to climate change. We got to stay on war. Um right. you know just like one tragedy the war at a time. Against Earth. Yeah. <laughs> but um that's that's tough. Wasn't I? Yeah. I saw in your notes that the account was called Spicy Panda. Spicy Panda. Yeah. It's tough yeah. when Spicy Panda's like, "All right, we're talking invasion of Ukraine." <laughs> You're like, "Spicy Panda, please." Come on, this now. is not the content I come here for. Wait, post those Instapot recipes again, Spicy Panda. Not this <laughs> stuff. Uh-huh. But I mean, I think they've always, you know, I think uh, recently too, Russia was talking about how now they're going to build a pipeline to with, to China to find a way to get their gas exports and things off. You know, so in the in the chat, I think China out loud says one thing, but, you know, the actions are clearly saying like, yeah, yeah, no, no, like we, we got your back until it really starts fucking up our money. And I think that's kind of where a lot of this is hanging now is like trying to see like, OK, how's this going to end for Putin? And then, you know, going forward, what does that mean for other autocratic aims out there? Mm. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. I don't know. There's the Kanye video that dropped Mm. yesterday. I I don't know. So so I I haven't watched it, Joel. You were saying it's pretty upsetting. I mean, it's listen. The my first thought is okay. When was the last time a celebrity had an issue with beheading somebody in? an artistic expression is Kathy Griffith when she held the decapitated head of Trump, which I thought was a hoot and a half. I didn't see it as threatening. I understood to some extent, you know, you're not supposed to like paint pictures or, or like produce images of violence against the president. But then, you know, I remember Obama being lynched in effigy in a lot of early parades uh, oh, yeah. that were anti-Obama. So, you know, here we are, art, and criticizing it and sort of trying to come to some conclusions about what it means. If I separate the fact that Pete Davidson is a real person who's still in his 20s and just look at it as an art piece of like, here's a guy who essentially blew up his own relationship, is going through a lot with his baby mama and the kids and the incredible intensity that is fame who has bipolar 
and right. is, you know, either I'm not sure if, like what where he's at working on it. I don't know what that is. I do know mental illness is not an excuse for your actions. You still have to be responsible for them. Um, speaking as somebody with multiple mental illnesses, that being said, like the rage is palpable. The art is good. Not oh, really? morally, but just not morally, but just in a this black and white claymation, part claymation, part live action video is interesting. It evokes a very clear emotion. It is, I think, the just again, just from an artistic perspective, like the rhyme scheme hits the visuals of what he's trying to depict works. On the flip side of that, there are like real people involved, and Kanye like many celebrities of his ilk, I'll include a Taylor Swift in this, understands that when they say something about somebody, their audience takes that to heart. Nicki Minaj fans are the same way. And as a celebrity, you have to be aware of like, who are my fans and what are they capable of? What have we seen them do before? And I do think that Kanye is sort of spreading this message of like, get Pete Davidson. It's not direct. It's not, it's not... It's not a direct message, but it's definitely there subliminally. And I think it can impact some of his younger, more impressionable fans. If I were Kim, I could see being afraid like this is a, I mean, we talked prior to recording. If this were a private citizen, like there would be a good reason to call the police. Absolutely. But he's just yeah. posting pictures of like killing my new partner. I don't understand what's happening. It's very frightening. We have children involved who, you know, don't need any of this in their life. Yeah, And so from that, it's it's hard to, I think on the one hand, like as a, a person, I'm pretty, I don't even want to say appalled because I've been in an emotional state where you're just like, ah, the rage. But I, I do wish that there was any kind of deeper thought than just here's my rage plain on the page. You know, if there was, Kanye's artistic depths are very vast. He has the capacity to sit down and fully articulate himself when he wants to. And I think this is just reactionary. And because of that, I think it has the potential to be a dangerous message. And so, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. yeah that, I mean, I will say and, and finally, just that uh, the like decapitated image of Pete sometimes has like a cartoonish vibe where he's like sprinkling seeds over and growing roses that I then think he puts on Pete's own casket. It's like very strange. But then there's other moments where the sculpture and the lighting, it looks pretty authentic. And that's. Again, in the same way that I think there was like an uproar against Eminem when he was talking a lot about like making whole songs and very articulated audio designs of murdering his then wife. It, it, there comes can. a line where you're like, yeah, there's just there's a point where you as a viewer are like, oh, I don't wish death on this person and I don't want to be a part of anything that might lead to the death of an individual. Yeah. At the same time, like, yeah, artistic expression, man, it's it's yeah. a lot. And I, I, I shudder to, like, you know, try to contain that in somebody. But I don't know. I mean, what if Baron Trump it. sees this? Like, he's going to be. <laughs> That's definitely what they said about Kathy. I, like, he's oh. going to be so confused, uh, according to the talking points around the Kathy Griff one. He's not. He can't God tell the difference between. Yeah. Yeah, so I haven't seen it. The whole thing is claymation. Like, there's no actual pictures. Of Some Pete. of it is. Uh, I oh. believe it's the game who is also on the song. Yeah, his part is live action, mm -hmm. and then some parts, like the actual parts with like the Pete Davidson head, are all claymation. What's interesting is to think, and I have uh, obviously haven't seen it yet. What's interesting is to think about how many people were involved in the making of it, and you know, knew exactly what was was they were creating. And yeah. I wonder what their yeah. thoughts about it were. Well, Kanye's team has no problem. Like, a few years ago, you might remember, like, he did a video with him in bed with a bunch of lookalikes of people he's had different types of interactions with. So there's a Taylor Swift lookalike in there. Mm -hmm. There's a Kim lookalike. I'm pretty sure it was a Kim lookalike and not actually Kim. And a bunch of other people. And I, like, this, his private and public life are not separate. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know he's very he's become very famous for just posting people's tweets which is like stop tweeting kanye he will just like screen grab it and post it on his instagram so yeah i don't when, when i think about artists in the past who lived that way without separating anything from their private to public life there's such a visceral desire to consume that person's life and sort of live the secondhand existence next to them 
think about like an Andy Warhol type. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants to go be part of Andy Warhol's clan and like get painted by him or and whatever. Tried to assassinate him. Those, yeah, yeah. Because so, it breeds obsession, and yeah. if that line isn't blurred, then there should be. And I think probably made much worse by social media. There's, there's the line of I'm an individual and you're an individual who do not actually know each other becomes so blurred. Particularly, you know, Connie courts his fans a lot in this, like, I would say, like, the third sort of act of his career as we know it so far. He has, like, a lot of private events. You can only listen to his album if you buy a specific device upon which you can listen to. Like, it's very closed off and removed from everyone else. And so it creates this sort of, like, cult-minded mentality. And I don't think I'm being superfluous when I say that. I really think that if you look at the design of his clothes, all muted tones, all one look, like there isn't a lot of space for individuality. Either you're a part of the Kanye train or you're not. And while that makes for extremely loyal fans and consistent revenue, I do think that there's an aspect of you that has to look at how you're influencing your fans and, and examining what they do and, and condemn when it's gone too far. And I don't think we'll ever see that out of Ye. And I, I also just don't think that he is fully in his right mind now and that's yeah, scary that do you scary. think he's endangering pete davidson and kim i do i do i'm not saying that it's in the same way that i thought it's hard too because i've gotten caught up in this before like i thought the joker was an irresponsible movie when it first came out now i just think it's kind of dumb and silly but we were so heavy into the throes of trump and that whole like proud boys era mm-hmm where it was just so intense and very scary. You know, I have friends in Los Angeles being assaulted at gas stations at the time because they looked Latinx. Like, that's very intense. But in the end of the day, like, it was a piece of art that didn't have much to say and nothing came out of it. But did that take away from it? I don't know if art is dangerous or if it's the interpretations and... Mm-hmm. the actions people choose to come to you know there is there's kanye saying i want pete davidson dead which is you know a horrible thing to say and also smacks of um domestic abuse you know you you can't if somebody leaves you and goes out for someone else you can't attack the new person they're with that's domestic violence it's it's a terrible thing and it happens a lot and oftentimes escalates to violence against women all of that is very scary but it's not a direct threat. And therefore, I'm not 100% comfortable saying, like, this is enacting violence. Because mm-hmm. at this point in time, it's just an artistic expression. Right. Yeah, I totally hear you. And the question of, like, with whom does the responsibility lie? And it's so... Absolutely. And it's, like, so dangerous. I totally get what you're saying. Because it's so dangerous to want to contain art. But at the same... Yeah, I totally get that. But at the yeah. same time, like there's something more here that feels worrisome. Yeah. As a third party outside of all this, like, I think at this point in time, my only goal is like, I hope Kim is doing the right thing she needs to do to protect herself and her children. And as always, I'm hoping there's somebody in Connie's camp who really loves him, who is like, Hey man, like we can, we can help get you like whatever you need. You you have all of the access and money and funds. Like you don't have to be in this much pain, as much pain as that song is conveying. Uh, You don't have to live with that. You could be doing other things with your time and your life. It's precious. It's minimal. What would you like to be doing? It can't just be chasing after Kim. That's got to be exhausting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right. Do, should we close out with a couple of things that are making us happy? Oh God. Yeah. It's been a downer day. Sorry. Listeners. So Joelle, it's time. Yeah. Drag my ass. It's, it's Batman time. I, even Batman! though I'm also excited for for it. But no, what you're excited, you feel good about Ooh. the the director. Yeah, and I got a little time. So here we go. Okay. Batman. Some of you, if you followed me at all to other spaces, you understand like Batman is my earliest memory. My The very earliest memory I can access is watching Batman the Animated Series on the couch with my dad and my brother and my mom. I have been obsessed i too allison was a dark goth child i really <laughs> liked learning about like mummification and then somebody was like you had a whole bunch of instruments of torture back in the day and i was like i want to learn about all of them <laughs> and batman was like the first character who i was introduced to who experienced genuine angst right his parents 
were murdered. And fr- I really think that started my love of like Victorian literature and they're very obsessed with death. I just like I loved that here was this guy who was channeling all of his hurt into trying to help. But then like later, as my love of Batman continued to evolve, I was like, oh, he's really channeling his hurt into more hurt. And then you get into the thought process of like, here's a billionaire with access to everything. And he chooses to use his time punching people in dark alleys. And then there's the idea of like, oh, vengeance. And what does that mean? And, and where does that become like a toxic trait? And the more I think about Batman and the way he's taken a tragedy and allowed it to consume himself... I can't not love that character. <laughs> it's so dark. It's so self-destructive. And then he creates like a faux family around him. I love my chosen family. I have a very tight-knit collection of of people that I love who I spend holidays with and stuff. My, my actual blood family is great, too. Love them. But chosen family is so, so important that people choose to come and be with you and love you and, and see you through difficult times. And then on top of all of that, it's housed in Gotham, maybe the most epic. It's like if Chicago and New York became a hybrid city, which is honestly where I would choose to live if it were a reality. It, it's got blimps and L trains and it's dark but also very gothic in structure in the anime series it has a red sky it feels like it's on another planet and all of this essentially boils down into batman is a badass and he lives in the most badass city and now this movie comes along and they're like we're gonna add sex Woo, guys (laughs) that is the best combination there's been a lot of talk marvel is a dominant cape and cowl like space right now which is fair. Again, as I always say, Disney has earned the praise. They've done amazing. No one's ever done this before. That being said, it's still Disney and they got to be squeaky clean, okay? Your cap is fine. You got blue eyes. He believes in truth, justice in the American way. Kudos. I want to see a guy who believes in blood on his fists, okay? I want to <laughs> see villains that never pull their punches. There's no altruism in any of these villains. Like, we're not... Thanos snapped because he was like, well, maybe I can make it better. I'll just do a horrible thing and take that on my shoulders. Is that psychotic? Yes. Does he believe he has altruistic values? He does. Okay, fine. Yeah. I get it. Everyone's trying to do good. Again, what if we just came to a world where bad guys were just real bad people? Just awful to their core. Didn't I love living in the world of, like, I'm from Chicago, one of the most politically corrupt places in the world. Give us some political corruption beyond just, oh, like, we're with Hydra. Okay, we get it. Nazis, terrible. I want to see the guy who's like, yeah, I did close down that orphanage so I could build a parking lot. What of it? They're on the street. Too bad, kids. Should have kept your parents. Like, ugh. (laughs) I just, it feels more fantastic at this point than Aliens, right? It's, It's both steeped in realism and so... The extreme of what you can never, no one is putting on a latex bat suit and going out to kick ass because it doesn't make sense. But what if someone did? You would want to see how that played out. Well, first of all, speak for yourself on no one's going out fighting crime <laughs> in a latex bat suit. I forgot that you had the secret costume in your basement <laughs> ready to go. That's my bad, Jack. Yeah, we've seen that in the pirate costume live right next to each other. Yeah. But yeah, that and then casting Zoe. We have a black cat woman again. The world is right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And they're going to fuck and it's going to be great. Um, <laughs> we need sex in superhero movies. Give it to us. Ugh. I just, I can't tell you. And I haven't been this buzzed. Like, I was really excited for Spider-Man. It, like, Spider-Man is, who doesn't love Peter Parker? Like, so charming. Love that kid. But Batman's my guy. And he ain't been done right in a long time. I'm sorry I'm not a Ben Affleck Batman stan. I get it. You guys love him. I'm happy that you have him, but it wasn't doing anything for me. I think Robert Pattinson can be my Batman. I'm looking forward to having him. Yeah, just like real goth. Like, go real, real hard goth on Mm, it. mm. You, so you didn't mm. like the sex scene from the Spider-Man with, like, all four Spider-Men? And... Uh, you know, when it got to the DP scene, I was like, this is a little much. <laughs> uh, I want Disney to go back to the squeaky clean universe yeah. it used to be. I think this is going to work on a different level. Plus, it's got, um, oh my gosh, why can't I think of his name? Andy Circus in it. And uh, whenever that guy shows up, amazing <sighs> things happen. Yeah. Has not been in a bad series yet. His selection choice is superior in Hollywood. So I have nothing but faith. Allison, speaking of P, the well, <laughs> you, your uh, thing that you're excited about is Pam and Tommy. 
Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I have been very into Pam and Tommy. I am not I didn't watch this week's episode yet, but the I watched the first episode and I was like, I'm so into this. And then I watched the second episode and I thought, I think I'm over this. And then every subsequent episode I've been I'm like, no, I'm not. I can't I cannot watch this fast enough. It's a real guilty pleasure. I I I have no attention span these days except for this show. I think it might only be half an hour. It goes by very quickly. So it is a guilty pleasure in that I saw the headline of an article. I did not read the whole article. But I think the gist I'm getting is that because Pam, the real one, did not consent, did not give her a... Oh, oh, wait, it's an hour, apparently. What what show was I watching? Anyway, who cares? There's some show that I was like, I can't believe this is on. I'm getting hour. 31 to 50 something. Like each oh, it varies. a different length. 32 to 51 minutes really? is the running time. I said, that is yeah. so that's so odd. I How love streaming. Why not? That is weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they every chapter in a novel has yeah. to be the same length, you know? I mean, just the magic trick that is transforming Lily James and Sebastian Stan into Pamela and Tommy is amazing because they do look like it's like spitting images. Come on, prosthetics. Yes. Yeah. It needed to be done. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. And I didn't know whatever I thought I knew about that story. I, I didn't know that many of the details. Seth Rogen is great. And but anyway, the article. So so the, the real Pamela Anderson did not consent to her life story being told. So I think that I think there's. I feel like I read something about like essentially it's kind of re-traumatizing her for this to be told. So really, we shouldn't be watching it. So I feel guilty about the fact that I'm watching it. Although, like I said, I only read the headline. I didn't read the whole article. So maybe it didn't even say that. But I have mixed feelings about the fact that I'm enjoying it, but I'm enjoying it nonetheless. Yeah. So I recommend yeah, it. That's kind of the gist. Some people, uh, the and I'm paraphrasing a quote right now, but essentially that she was like, shocked and a little disturbed that this whole thing was going to be rehashed. Yeah. Um, I just sort of wish they had sent her the screeners before they aired it. Yeah. Because I think she might have been comforted by the fact that apparently, at least it seems to a lot of reviewers, that they're trying to make her out to be this, like, feminist icon. And it's she gets very some sympathetic speeches. to her. Yeah, it is very okay. sympathetic to her. She comes off well. Okay, so producer Justin is saying, and I thought I saw something to this effect yesterday, that now she's going to tell the real story in a Netflix documentary. And I do enjoy the way Netflix and Hulu are, like, yeah, uh, they they are real... Uh, they they really hate each other, it seems. Uh, so, no, they love each other. Listen, that's bolstering because they don't have a lead in show that's true. like a network does. Yeah. And so now I have to watch both fire documentaries. And if that's I watch true. one, I'm good. How wrong did Hulu get their Pamela Anderson story? And in the that's doc, true. Is it they do feed off or each is other. Just yeah. Pandering. Right. But yeah. They feed each other. But isn't sure. the story right. that like somebody was doing like deck work for them or like construction work at their house, like Tommy? Yeah, he was like, doing stiffed them, and so yes. as payback, he stole a safe. Yes, yeah. That's so wild. the Seth Rogen character, who's actually had been a porn star as well, he was doing construction work at their house, and then Tommy Lee like kept wanting to change what was being done and. All of it, he hadn't paid for any of it, but he kept saying, like, you know, I'm good for it. You know, I'm good for it. And then he wanted to change another thing, and it was going to be like another bunch of money. And so the construction workers, guys, were having to front it with their own money. And they were like, look, we can do it, but we're going to need the cash up front. And he refused. So then um, he, like, fired them, claiming they'd done shoddy work, which supposedly they had not done shoddy work. So then the Seth Rogen character came to he realized he left his tools there and he came to pick up his tools. And Tommy was like, you're not taking your tools like I fired you. And then he wanted his tools and then Tommy pulled a gun on him. So he like uh, in the I don't know if it's true, but in the show, he pissed he pissed himself, was like completely emasculated, left. It was very sad. Uh, He had a flashback to a, a sad thing from his childhood as well, left and then decided he wanted revenge so he came back and stole a safe did not know what was going to be in the safe right but in the safe was a whole bunch of stuff including this tape that, that hiring they a had porn made. star to do construction on your house did not know he had been a porn star in the past okay got it yeah interesting it does just seem like the setup of a porn like it's like i forgot my tools 
Uh, <laughs> is yeah. anyone home? I just forgot right. my tools. Yeah. Right. And in the series, the way he remembers that he forgot his tools is he's at home having a little wanking session, watching porn. And mm-hmm. in the porn he's watching, he sees a toolbox. And then he's like, uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, it means the world to Miles. He, he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye. Bye.